On today's episode, we are going to take a closer look at On Semiconductor. The company just recently reported its quarter two earnings. And to explain to us what's happening with this company is Billy. Good afternoon, Billy. How's it going? It's going pretty well, Jose. Thanks for having me on and talking some On. Yeah, Billy, I, I know you're going to take the lead in this episode, so feel free to, to tell us what's happening with this player. Okay, so... I think in every segment, it's almost like we have to either talk about AI or silicon carbide. Because <laughs> investors should not sleep on the silicon carbide revolution that's taking place alongside the AI revolution. Um, so On Semiconductor is one of the big players in silicon carbide. I just went back and looked at its Q2. And of all of the silicon carbide players, it seems to be ramping up the fastest. And I was pretty impressed. And the stock is pretty reasonably priced because there's a lot going on under the surface. Uh, so I wanted to highlight it for your listeners today. Um, so Q2 on the surface doesn't look so hot. Like revenue was pretty much flat year over year. Adjusted earnings per share pretty much flat. Both beat expectations. Um, company guided for a little bit of growth sequentially at the midpoint. Um what is that? Maybe like four, four-ish percent growth, three uh, to four percent sequential growth. So that annualizes to twelve, which is not bad. Uh, earnings per share, they're probably going to beat that. A little bit of growth as well. Um, so on has been undergoing a transformation for the last couple of years. There is an activist investor involved, and they installed a new CEO. I think it was around the end of twenty twenty, and. They are undergoing this transformation that is two years in the making, but it still continues today. They are basically exiting commodity businesses and focusing on auto and industrial, specifically silicon carbide, which has these secular growth drivers around electric vehicles and electrification of infrastructure. So um, uh, last quarter, the auto segment made up just over half of revenues, um, and it's been growing. So I think it just reached that. Industrial at 29% of revenues. So we're looking at 80% now in those solid markets. And even in the remainder of the remaining 20%, which declined uh, on purpose, there is a subsegment that is growing 22% for 5G and cloud uh, power drivers. Um, within those servers. So a couple a lot of interesting growth drivers here. Uh, there has been some headwinds for on this year. One, it is purposefully exiting lower margin businesses to focus on auto and industrial. So it exited over $100 million of revenue this year and $400 million in total since the start of the transformation. So you almost have to like add that back <laughs> to the results uh, in order to sort of get at the true growth. Moreover, um, On bought a large 300 millimeter wafer plant from Global Foundries earlier this year. And when they acquired the plant, they were surprised there are way higher costs than expected. It's the East Fishkill 300 millimeter plant they bought um, in January. So that they said that's a 250 basis point. That's 2.5 percentage point headwind to their gross margin. 
but uh, hopefully that will improve going forward. Um, as you can see, the stock hasn't really minded that. It's been up 50% on the year, but it did pull back after this recent earnings report and the semiconductor sell-off. So I'm not sure how much it's going to pull back, but it's an interesting company. And there are also several catalysts, I think, next year that could lead to a, a reacceleration in growth. If you go to the next slide. Discover the world of semiconductors without getting lost in the technical jargon. My new membership offers a perfect balance for investors looking to understand this exciting market. Using my electrical engineering knowledge and experience, I will release weekly exclusive videos ranging from quick 5-minute 101s to in-depth analysis, covering not just popular chip stocks, but aiming to explore every public semiconductor. Plus, join the private community of like-minded investors. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Um, there are three main uh, catalysts I see. One, again, I wanted to highlight their silicon carbide most of all because this segment is booming within their auto overall auto chip segment. Again, they make powers, uh, power chips and image sensors. So great for automation and electrification. Uh, their silicon carbide revenue grew 4X over the prior year last quarter. The gross margin of the segment doubled quarter over quarter. And importantly, Q2 was the first profitable quarter for the silicon carbide segment. This is because you have startup costs associated with the ramp of silicon carbide kind of a difficult, expensive material, um, but it looks like On is really executing now and is ramping. It had The silicon carbide segment had a high teens operating margin in the second quarter, and On's overall operating margin was, I think, 32, 33%, and so On has a long-term target of 40% operating margins. That will likely be done due to silicon carbide because when silicon carbide, the ramp is at maturity, uh, management expects it to actually have higher margins than the rest of the business, whereas now it's margin dilutive. Um, so that was really encouraging to see. Also, on booked $3 billion in future silicon carbide revenue under long-term service agreements, um, along with prepayments uh, in some smaller amounts from customers. Uh, overall, the company's booked $11 billion in silicon carbide uh, under long-term agreements. Uh, just for perspective, the company made $8.3 billion in revenue last year in total. So, uh, again, these are long-term agreements, so they're going to happen over multiple years. But the long-term service agreements and then the prepayments seem sort of assured that they're going to get paid on this silicon carbide ramp. Um, they expect silicon carbide gross margins to be at parity by the end of this year. So we could see a profit inflection by the end of this year and then higher than average over the long term. Notably, I think uh, last week I talked about Infineon targeting 30% uh, silicon carbide market share. On uh, has even more bigger ambitions, they want 35 to 40% market share of silicon carbide by 2027. They aim to grow the segment 70% annually uh, through 2027, 
which is 2x the market for silicon carbide, um, uh, which is set to grow like 35% annually through 2027. So if they can do that, that would be amazing. You think about Infineon's targeting 30%, On is targeting 35%. Like there's not much left for <laughs> for the three or four other players in this market. So these are two stocks I would probably focus on, On and Infineon. Um, I know we've talked about Wolf Speed. They're making a huge bet on Silicon Carbide, but that has really yet to pay off in profitable revenue. There's sort of a pure play. Um, in any case, uh, On was able to sort of adapt its existing fabs and then make brownfield expansions instead of having to build an entire new Silicon Carbide plant, which is why they've been able to ramp so fast. So I just thought that was very um, interesting and they seem to be growing silicon carbide the fastest out of anyone. So uh, that kind of opened my eyes. Another catalyst, I'm pretty confident eventually they're gonna get the costs of the new 300 millimeter plant under control. Um, again, it's an activist installed CEO. They have a lot of fabs running efficiently. They were surprised by this, but I think it will happen. Management said pretty much by the end of 2024, they should be back to parity with the overall company. And then again, perhaps an underrated part, the AI servers, again, we talked about this with Supermicro, they suck up a lot of heat and energy and could Silicon Carbide perhaps, uh, you know, some of the um, controllers and drivers within servers, could that be a new uh, growth driver? Uh, management seemed to hint that yes. Um, here's a quote from the conference call. Uh, part of that focus on AI servers, what we call the drivers and controllers, is the server or the cloud infrastructure, which applies to AI. Uh, we decided we're doubling down. We're starting to run. That's going to be a winning formula for this new business. Also, stay tuned for more updates as we get into Q4 or Q1 of 2024. So... That could be a small but uh, promising business if they, if you have best in class silicon carbide solutions, I don't see why you wouldn't put that in an AI server for, uh, to help with the conductivity and heat dissipation as well. So those are the three main catalysts I see in 2024. Uh, the company trades at a low 20s PE multiple on a trailing basis. Yeah, 2023, uh, 23 times earnings. <coughs> but again, uh, should inflect upward profits, should inflect upward next year. Some of that's baked into the price because I think it, the stock trades around 18, 18 and a half times forward earnings estimates. <coughs> so um, some growth is already factored in, but I think this company can grow low to mid teens for the next several years, at least. And, uh, will probably, once they get their build out done, repurchase more stock. They repurchase a little bit of stock now, but they don't have that much cash flow because they're still, um, investing in Silicon carbide and the, and the East fish kill, uh, 300 millimeter plant. Um, eventually I think it's going to be a cash flow monster, maybe in a couple of years. But uh, it's it's a good it's it's a uh, again I don't own the stock it's on my watch list I'd like to own it if possible 
Um, I think it's going to be a good stock to own for the next five-ish years if they can execute on what they've said they're going to do. Um, they've already executed pretty well under this new CEO. So uh, it's another Silicon Carbide name to watch. Definitely. Thank you for that, Billy. And, and yeah, I think last week we talked about Infineon um, and their new plant. Um, the company uh, just kind of for those that might be following that one instead, we also heard over, I think it was over the weekend that TSMC was kind of doing like a joint venture of building another plant. And I do believe Infineon is also in that joint venture. Uh, so we are seeing a little bit of competition here in the manufacturing of silicon carbide. Um, I, I also find it interesting, Billy, how this, how on semiconductor mentioned that it might've been a little bit more expensive than they anticipated running a fab. I think we saw the same thing earlier this year with Speed. Um, where it was a little bit more difficult for uh, than anticipated to kind of deal with uh, some of the manufacturing plans that they had. Uh, so pretty interesting to see uh, on semiconductor also kind of see seeing the same thing. Um, I am pretty interesting about that AI server opportunity. Um, uh, one I'm definitely going to have to take a closer look at and probably read a little bit more about, but maybe some of the viewers might might let me know how how can kind of this silicon carbide be used in in kind of these clouding infrastructures, or maybe you, Billy, uh, maybe explain to me a little bit more of, of of the kind of opportunity that they might be seeing there. Yeah, well. Silicon carbide, again, greater heat resistance and conductivity uh, in rugged environments, which is why it's being targeted for electric vehicles so much, because it will help the batteries uh, get more mileage and charge faster and all of that good stuff. And, you know, the high heat and conductivity that you need for electric vehicles, it's kind of the same thing in AI servers with, with, because it generates, AI servers generate so much heat and suck up so much electricity that um, uh, that efficiency is at a parent premium. Again, I'm not a physicist or scientist, but it appears that perhaps some of the controllers and drivers in servers could also be converted to silicon carbide um, if it comes at a reasonable cost, I would assume. Um, and if that could help with the heat dissipation or, uh, you know, you're moving electrons around even though in a hot environment, even if you have a higher cost silicon carbide chip, it could lower the total cost of ownership uh, for the data center operator if you don't have to spend as much on air conditioning and electricity. So that's the play. Apparently, again, they pointed to 22% growth within that other segment for 5G and data center servers. And it looks like they're going to have more updates later in the year. There was a, so they had an analyst day in March. I would advise people to go look at that. There was a slide dedicated to data center servers in that presentation that I looked at. It was, you know, way down in sort of the extra uh, portion again, they're really focused on automotive and industrial as they should. But, um, you know, if it's a superior material and you can produce it efficiently, I don't know why they couldn't find other applications for silicon carbide. Definitely, Billy. Thank you for that. Um, is there any final thoughts you want to end before closing out this topic? 
not particular. I'm on again up fifty percent on the year. Not super cheap, but um, pretty good growth at a reasonable price, it seems. And uh, I think there are a couple catalysts on the horizon. I would say it's definitely on my watch list. And if it pulls back further, I might uh, consider buying some shares. Definitely. Thank you, Billy. And I think this is a great way to close this episode.